I'm excited to have a lot of extra energy in the room today. Kids, I'm so glad and grateful that you guys are in here with us. Uh, got a couple students that are going to be baptized here as well, which is always fun to, to uh, participate in. Um, I want to read our verse out of today. Um, we are in a series called Open House. And the idea of Open House that we started last week is uh, the ability to live free without anything really to hide. And if you're, you're like me in my house, there's probably that closet or that room. If, if I were to come over to your house for a Super Bowl party, you'd have certain areas of the house looking well, but there might be that one room or that one closet, and you're like, eh, you guys just stay away from that area. Spiritually speaking, same thing. We look, you guys look beautiful today. You're looking awesome, but you're human just like me, just like the rest of us. And we have those certain areas that aren't maybe so glamorous that we would prefer that we don't hide. At the same time, God knows, God sees, God still loves you, and in many ways might want access to that room or to that junk drawer or to that closet and say, hey, I got some stuff in there that I'd like to use. So we're opening house today and in this series. Last week we talked about generosity. And this verse is out of Matthew, and we, we are highlighting, this is out of the message, which is a paraphrased translation. Uh, but I just, I really like the way it's worded here um, as Jesus is talking about being a light. He's like, you are here, you're the light of the world. That's what, if you're a Christian, if you're following Jesus, you know those verses. He says, you are here to be a light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under the bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand, and now that I've put you on, a, on the hilltop on a light stand, shine. And here it is. Keep open house. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives, which we talked about last week. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. When you're generous... You're acting just like your father who is generous in heaven. Your creator loves you and he is a generous creator. Today I want to talk about um, stories. The word for today is, is, is stories. I mean, if I were to ask you the question, do you want more stuff or do you want more stories? You, we would all be here say, well, when we think about it, hey, I want more stories than stuff. Now, for me, I'm kind of like, can we have both? Can I have stuff and stories? But we want more stories in our, in our lives, S things that we can tell people and pass down to, to other people around us, things of where God has, has moved in our lives. And we're going to hear a story here in a second from my friend Austin. And um, just this past year, my dad turned 70 years old. And so for this year, we decided as a, as a gift, I didn't even know this is a thing, but there's this website where it will send him a question, a prompt uh, once a week, and then he can write his answer to that question. And then over the course of a year, it will compile all these questions and all his answers and make it a book. And so it's a year of him telling stories, and then it will, it will be in a, in a book form by the end of next year that we can pass down. So I'm hearing all these stories from my dad. Well, one of the questions that came up recently was, tell me about a great day that you experienced. And so he, write, he's just, he wrote about when my sister was born and the day when I was born. 
So I'm sitting there reading about this and I'm hearing things that I are reading things that I didn't even know about myself. But it was it was all the events behind my birth story. And it was kind of I kind of choked up a little bit because I'm, I'm reading through this. And as I'm going, my one of the things that happened that I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. When I was my first born at first breath, uh, apparently I had to go and go really, really bad because the doctors was like, it's a boy, but also was like, oh, I'm getting baptized right now. <laughs> and I was just peeing all over anyone and everyone in the, in the room. That was part of my, my, my birth story. But as I, as I was reading that and was excited about those moments, um, it, it, I, you and I know this as followers of Jesus. Jesus he says, hey, there's another birth story that's very, very important in this world. Because it, he says to, to Nicodemus, if you want to have eternal life, you must be born again. To which Nicodemus says, fill me in on this one because am I supposed to crawl into my mother's womb? To which all the moms would say, no, absolutely not. We're not having any of that. And Jesus is like, no, come on. No. Spiritually speaking, if you want to be made right with God, you've got to be born again. It's through a relationship with God. So when we celebrate baptisms here in a little bit, we are celebrating what God has already done in people's lives spiritually. They are saying, I have been born again. I have this relationship with God. I didn't do anything to earn it. The story, the story of Jesus is that He came to earth. He lived a perfect sinless life. He did the work that you and I can't do. He died on the cross for our sins, for our mistakes, for our failures. And then He rose from the dead to give us victory and hope and life. And then he, he ascended to heaven, and one day He's promised to come back. And He is coming back. And so that's what we're celebrating today. It's like, I'm, I'm turning from my way of life. My story is I wanted to live a certain way. <laughs> I wanted stuff and stories, mainly stuff. And I realized that wasn't getting me where I wanted. And then I gave my life. I met Jesus. And when I met Jesus, this generous father, he didn't meet me with condemnation. He didn't meet me with shame or guilt. He met me with love and said, Mike, I love you. I want a relationship. And I surrender my life to him. And I said, I'm going to turn from my way of living, my sin, and I'm going to do the best I can to follow him. So today, I want to welcome to the stage, he can come on up, uh, my friend Austin, and he's going to share a bit of his story with us this morning, uh, how God has worked in his life. I want you to be thinking as he's sharing his story, what is God's story in your life? How is he working in your life? So let's give Austin just a round of applause as he comes up to share. All right, let's hear it for Jesus, everybody. Yeah. So my name is Austin. I'm a grateful believer in our Lord Jesus Christ, and I struggle with addiction. Um, let's see, I, I really am so excited because I see so many kids in here today because I really didn't grow up in the church myself. So I think it's really important to have a big nice foundation, you know, for the kids to grow up on, because uh, I never really had that myself. I'm not saying it would have helped, but I'm sure it probably would have made a world of difference. 
Okay, so let's see. Usually I'm going to keep it, you know, pretty short and uh, not get too involved or graphic with my story, but I'll just give you, you know, the main points. Um, growing up, I wasn't going to any church. Uh, I started drinking and using drugs. Uh, at a real young age, I started drinking when I was 12 and uh, using drugs when I was about 14 or 15. Uh, let's see. Back then, I thought, you know, doing all that was cool. Uh, I thought that's what I wanted in life. I really didn't know God. And um, I guess I just thought that uh, doing drugs would cure all my childhood pain and the trauma that I would have. And uh, I guess I was just trying to escape. And most of all, probably just fit in with everybody else, you know, because I thought it was a cool thing to do. Uh, let's see. Um, as I became more addicted and... Uh, as I started drinking more, I became more isolated. Uh, I lost a lot of friends. Uh, I would just isolate myself. Uh, then I uh, finally just got such crippling anxiety that maybe you saw right there, but <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> I think I'm doing better these days. But uh, I was so bad, I couldn't leave my house. Uh, I couldn't meet new people. I couldn't I used it as an excuse to like not get a job, and so I just isolate myself more and more. And it was really a dark time. Uh, if I would have known what I knew now, I known that God is always there with you. So I really wasn't alone, but I did feel very alone at the time. Uh, then that moved on to me just uh, doing drugs, using drugs and alcohol all day, every day. Uh, that was the main focus of my life. Uh, <laughs> pretty sad existence, but um, when you're in that darkness, uh, it's real hard to get out of it, and you kind of just keep going down into that black hole of just depression and loneliness. Uh, let's see, I got some notes here, so I'll look here. <laughs> let's see. I had tried a lot of different things to stop using drugs and alcohol. I had been sent to rehab. I had been on probation for years and years. Uh, I had tried therapy, counseling, uh, intensive outpatient, uh, everything like that. But I think the it never really worked because I never allowed God to come into my life. I think that allowing God to come into my life really healed me. So back then, I just wasn't interested in a relationship with God at all or anything like that. Uh, this went on for about 10 years from when I was 15 to 25, and that's when I really became addicted to some harder drugs. And uh, years of using those really, uh, I would say, destroyed my mind, my decision-making, and also just my will to do anything positive. I was surrounded by negative people, and I just became very negative. I believe that, you know, drinking a lot or using drugs, I think it's a, a spiritual thing for sure. Like, uh, you get possessed by some type of evil spirit. Maybe I don't know what you guys believe, but I believe that when you're really addicted like that, it allows evil to just overtake you and just surround you. And that's what I was in, was just very evil darkness. <laughs> Uh, when I finally hit rock bottom, uh, I knew that I couldn't stop using drugs on my own. I knew that I couldn't cure myself. I couldn't heal myself. I, <laughs> I was hopeless. I wasn't going to do it on my own. And I had never really, like I said, been to church. I never really had even prayed. Uh, I figured if there was a God, he was, why would he make me addicted to, you know, drugs and alcohol? So 
I was mad if there was a God. I was mad at him, and I was thinking, why would he curse me with these terrible addictions? So, I mean, I really wasn't in a place of I would use the Lord's name in vain, you know. I would do a lot of different stuff against the Lord, and I wasn't living for him. I was living for the devil, for sure. But in the midst of that darkness, uh, one night, I just dropped to my knees, which was very strange to me, and I just started praying. I started crying out to God, if there was a God, uh, please just heal me from this, like, horrible, horrible pain that I was in and all this addiction. And I can't tell you to this day why I dropped to my knees and I started praying. Uh, like many of you know, sometimes you won't get an answer to your prayer the way you thought it would go. <laughs> so the next day I was actually arrested and I spent the next year in jail. <laughs> that's always embarrassing to say. <laughs> but um, that's really where my healing started. And uh, I took, uh, I was a allowed to do Bible studies in there, and uh, the guards would always joke to me in there that they had never seen anybody so happy to be in jail before. <laughs> and I said, well, you don't understand, God really truly saved my life, because I prayed that, I, you know, I cried out to God and he was there, and he answered me, it may not have been the way that I was expecting, but I really don't think I could have got clean and sober any other way. I think uh, God knew what I needed, and he put me there and. uh a lot of miracles had to happen for me to be standing here today, I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, so today, you know, I just want to encourage everybody, if you're hurting or you're in pain, that Jesus is there and he loves you and wants a relationship with you. I mean, if he can heal me, he could basically do anything in the world because <laughs> I was really bad. Uh, I think I weighed about 130 pounds. I would... Uh, was very twitchy and very strange person to be around. And so I think I'm somewhat normal these days. So <laughs> thank God for that. Uh, today I'm approaching five years of being sober. Thank you, I sure appreciate it. I've also uh, graduated college recently with honors. Um, <laughs> I have a great career, yeah, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I have a great career, you know, I work at the senior center and I get to help people every day and that's just really awesome to me. Uh, I have a great community, all of you, I have a great church that love me and I love you and it's just like, you know, I was always looking to fit in when I was using drugs but <laughs> it was like, now it actually clicks like, well, you should have just gone to church and you would have fit in right away, right? <laughs> but yeah, back then I was trying to fit in with the cool people, but this really is like where the awesome people are. So <laughs> uh, let's see. I think, um, what else do I have here? And the most important thing today for me is I have a strong relationship with Jesus and I get to share that. Um, I never would have thought that I'd be on stage sharing to like a room full of people, <laughs> you know, after everything I've been through. So it's pretty cool. Um, let's see. I just want, yeah, everybody to know in here today, you know, if you're hurting, if you're in despair or you're broken or you have broken relationships or you're just in pain in general, that Jesus can move all of those mountains. He can heal you and he can make you feel whole again. I mean, there's so many miracles that had to happen for me to be here today. And I'm just living proof that there is a God, and he is the God of miracles. And I think I was a little short, but that's all I have. So thank you, guys.
Thank you, Austin. Um, if you haven't met met Austin, you should you should meet him after service today and just give him a word of encouragement. And uh, I'm so I'm I'm grateful for you for for sharing and have the strength to to share the not, some not so glamorous parts of his story, but at the same time attributing to seeing where God is moving in his life and trying to use that to to be a light, to keep open house and help other people. If you're in that same spot today, I'm telling you, there is there is no better person to go talk to today than Austin and go give you some encouragement and some hope. Um, we're going to do baptisms here in a little bit, but this the story of Jesus getting baptized, there's parts in it that help me understand a little bit of who God is and how does he how does he work with these stories in our lives when Jesus was baptized in Matthew chapter 3 it says as soon as Jesus was baptized he went up out of the water and at that moment heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove on him and a voice from heaven said this is my son whom I love with him I am well pleased and this is Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist, and God just kind of affirming what is taking place in that moment. Now, for you Bible scholars in the room, what had Jesus accomplished in his ministry up until that point that he got baptized? What, what, what had he done? Nothing. And I think that's beautiful to highlight in this moment. Jesus hadn't accomplished his mission yet. In fact, it hadn't even really started. I mean, he was here, but nothing had really, no miracles, no nothing. Yet he had God's favor and love, and God was with him in acceptance. It's called grace. This generous father of ours is so generous with this word called grace. And it is something that, you know, it's we don't, take grace for advantage and just go and live however we want. No, he gives us that grace so we can go live on purpose, but it's also there right there and available to each and every one of us that you don't have to work to earn it with God. And I'm so grateful for that. When we talk about being saved, it's not like we'll do step one, step two, Austin, go get clean and be five years sober, and then we'll have a conversation. Nope. In the middle of your darkness, in the middle of your despair, in the middle of your addiction, in the middle of your crisis and trauma, He is there with arms wide open. Looking at you, I believe today, saying the very same thing. I see you. You are my son. You are my daughter in who I am well pleased. And I know that is so hard for us to grasp from our human nature because I know what I did. I know what I said. I know what I thought. And there's no way if there's this God that he could ever look down on me with favor. Yet that's our generous father. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this one rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.